Welcome to Home Ice Advantage. I am, of course, your host, Colin, and I've been gone thanks to the holiday. And in that time, things have gone a little bit crazy. Oh my god! Okay, it's happening! Everybody stay calm! What's the procedure, everyone? What's the procedure? Stay calm! Wait, 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 wait! Everybody calm down! No, no, Michael, no! We will get to all of it, and this might be a little long of an episode, I apologize, but we have Max Pacioretty spotted in a regular standard uniform and that caused a circus we have jack drury going back to the hl and that caused a circus and just a little bit at the end i will touch on the absolute absurdity that is kane's twitter recently but that's all to come in this episode of home ice advantage Welcome to Home Ice Advantage, with historical perspectives, modern-day deep dives, special guests, and a healthy mix of good, bad, and or hot takes. This is the best place for you to learn about your Carolina home games. I just want to say thank you, and I'm looking forward to this challenge. It's an honor, and I think we're going to do great things. like that after at least what feels like a long holiday break for me i'm back and i've missed quite a few things quick congratulations goes to brent burns on 800 nhl points and also to kakanyemi who got 100 nhl points there is the news that kakanyemi has been moved down to the fourth line which is understandable don't love it he seems to be stuck there and you know, with Patretti coming back, it's going to be a whole separate thing. But we'll, we'll we'll talk about that. But the big news, the big news, the Carolina Hurricanes have had their best month in team history. They're currently on a 10-game winning streak, a 16-game point streak. Don't stop me now. I didn't even mention that both Kochekov and Ranta got back-to-back shutouts in the same calendar month. It's the first time it's ever happened in Hurricanes history. And it's only the eighth time it's ever happened in the history of the National Hockey League. Only two teams in the league history have accomplished the feat within the first 36 games of the season. The Montreal Maroons, not Canadians, but Maroons, in 1932-33, and the Los Angeles Kings in 2013-2014. But wait, that's not all, folks. The Carolina Hurricanes outscored their opponents 49-27. to This team that couldn't buy a goal for most of the past two seasons outscored their opponents in December 49-27. to it's truly been a December to remember. 
And the, so the Hurricanes shut out the Florida Panthers four to nothing on Toronto. It gets back to back shutouts, and that's great. And we'll talk about it. And it's amazing. But that's not what I want to focus on. What I want to focus on is that the Hurricanes, as an organization, as a franchise, so going back to the Railers, have only won eight or more games six times in the franchise's history. The one we're currently on, 10 games, new franchise record. Absolutely amazing. Two times in 05-06, they went on nine game winning streaks. In 2021-2022, we opened the season on a nine game winning streak. And in 2020-2021, we went on an eight game winning streak. I want you to think about those dates. 05-06, pretty good year. Uh, we went places. Uh, 08-09, pretty good year. We went places. And then 2021 and 2022. Rod Brindamore has been involved in every single last one of these. And more importantly, he's had a leadership role within the organization for every single last one of these. He was either the captain, like in 05, 06, and 08, 09, or he was the bench boss in the 2020s. Do you remember when... <laughs> People were saying that Rod Brindamore was overrated and it might be time to move on, that he's lost his touch. What an absurd take. What an absolutely absurd take. But we have so much more to get into. So we've already congratulated uh, Brent Bournes and Kakinami. Great job, great career milestones. But we do have to talk about Max Pacioretty. So the holiday break comes, and honestly, we have no news on Pacioretty. Just that he's wearing a no-contact uniform, and Brindamore had said on multiple different occasions, hey, don't ask me about it, okay? You're, you're wasting your time asking me questions about it, because nothing's going to change until he comes out of the practice sweater. I'm sorry, until he comes out of the no-contact sweater. And that's where we left it. Um... A little side piece, if you missed it, in my conversation with Mike Maniscalco, he said that Pacioretty wanted to be back in the lineup before the Stadium Series game in February. But that's basically all we had. Besides that, we were all just, you know, playing guess. Until December 27th, the first day the team could practice after the holiday break. And guess who is wearing a traditional sweater? Just a regular Hurricanes practice sweater. I'll give you three guesses and the first two don't count. <laughs> I can tell you it wasn't Andre Kasha. Max Pacioretty did not miss a beat and, you know, surprised everyone. Gave everyone a great holiday present, a great Christmas present of wearing a regular jersey to practice. And media members obviously knew what they had to do. And they went running to the head coach. So, Rod, Max Pacioretty is no longer in a yellow no-contact jersey. When is he coming back? What does this mean? Is he close to returning? That's a question for him. I mean, I think we're at a point where, you know, we're getting closer. If, he, if he's, he, you know, that's him saying, I, I don't need a yellow jersey. You know, that's him saying, okay, I want a little extra work. Um, you know, it's a good sign. We, we obviously, you know, we don't want to rush anything, um, but... You know, every day, I think, is getting closer. And that's basically all we ever needed is, okay, he's getting closer and closer. Except that following morning, the morning of the 28th, uh, Jack Drury gets sent down to Chicago, to the AHL, and 
speculation runs rampant on um, Kane's social media, you know, wherever you want to go, Facebook, Twitter, Reddit, that, well, this clearly means that Pacioretty will make his return on Friday against the Florida Panthers. And there was really no evidence to make this claim except that Drury was sent back down to Chicago. But I I think people are missing a very important point uh, that Drury wasn't playing. He had spent the past two games in the press box over a week, and if they weren't going to play him on Friday... What's the point? You shouldn't be keeping him up here with the big club if he's not going to play. He's not considered a permanent member of this roster, which means he's still a prospect at the age of 22. So his development is our top priority. So there was absolutely no reason we shouldn't send him back down to Chicago if we're not going to play him. It's always better to play at a lower league than to sit in the press box and watch your team play. But again, people, for some reason, connected this to Pacioretty. And then, believe it or not, the Hurricanes had another practice that day. And Ralt Ruff, just talking to Rod, as he does, as the team reporter, as he's supposed to do, gets this quote. He's not in tomorrow. It's definitely in the realm now where you could say, are we going to see him in the next 10 games? Maybe. I don't know if you, my loyal listener, has ever seen a grease fire. And then on top of that, I don't know if you've ever seen someone throw water on top of a grease fire. But it, it's quite dangerous. Don't do it. It's violent. And it, it creates a unstable reaction. And with that quote, Rod Brindamore threw water on the grease fire that was Kane's social media. And a couple of things just off the bat is any time within the next 10 games could be all the way to like January 15th. So no one should be, you know, oh, he'll be in the lineup tomorrow night. No, most likely not. But what Rod did do here is make a new Hurricanes tradition. So every game day now, up until he rejoins the lineup, Everyone is going to run to Ralt Ruff's Twitter feed and just constantly refresh it. Just reload, 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 reload. Just to see if today is possibly the day that Max Pacioretty makes his Hurricanes debut. And that's going to happen for at least, well, I mean, it could be Sunday, theoretically. We'll find out. But probably not. So (laughs) it, it could last a couple of weeks of us torching ourselves like this. And I, I just want to specify that I don't think Drury going down to Chicago had anything to do with Pacioretty putting on a regular practice sweater. I think that was 100% just for Drury's development, and it just so happened to co- coincide with Pacioretty making that decision for himself. Speaking of making decisions for yourself, anyone who focuses, I shouldn't say focuses, but occasionally checks the news um, when it comes to sports broadcasting, knows that Bally Sports isn't doing well. Actually, not Bally Sports, but their parent company, Diamond Sports Group, which is a subsidiary of Sinclair Broadcasting, is not doing well. They paid, long story short, and when they bought uh, Fox Sports South, all 21 regional channels in 2019, for $9.6 billion dollars, That was way overvalued for a dying medium. Uh, No one pays for cable anymore. So that revenue isn't there for them to pay 
regional sports networks. And a lot of providers have just decided not to offer regional sport networks or to only offer ones that are in high demand. Like the Dish, Dish, like the satellite provider, they don't even carry regional sports networks anymore. So spending all that money was stupid back in 2019. And now, a little less than three years later, it's not turning out well. Oh, <laughs> uh, I shouldn't laugh because these are people's jobs. I apologize. But it, it, it was a very poor financial decision. And Diamond Sports Group, the owner of Bally or Bailey, I don't care. It, it was a stupid name. It is a stupid name. Is not doing too well. And it looks like they might have to file bankruptcy. Now, uh, this is going to be a developing story, so I don't want to say too much now because we really don't know. But from what I've heard, it would not necessarily affect Kane's broadcast. So Bailey declares bankruptcy tomorrow. There's several possibilities. One, uh, Bailey could very well still broadcast the games and just not pay the team, which, yeah, that's a thing. Or the NHL could step in and decide, you know what, we're going to start distributing these games through ESPN, uh, probably ESPN+, and then we'll give the proceeds to the team, which is what the MLB has said they're going to do if Bally does go under. That's just something to keep your eye on. Um, importantly, Shane Willis, uh, Mike Maniscalco, Trip Tracy, none of their jobs would be affected. They are all employed by the Hurricanes. Hannah Yates is a little bit trickier. She is actually employed by Bally. But again, we don't want to get too far down that road until we know more. It's just something to keep your eye on. If you really don't like Bally sports, well, I don't know. Be careful what you wish for because uh, you, you could be seeing changes midway through next year, if not sooner. Moving on from that depressing thought, I originally was not going to talk much about this game because this episode is to make up for more than a week worth of news, except that it's also a slow news period for the NHL. Plus, I'm recording this right after the win to make it a 10-game winning streak, so I'm a little pumped. So I'm going to talk about it just a little bit. Um, the Hurricanes beat the Panthers 4-0. I've said that already. But that's not that's not the crazy part. We won... Four to nothing, and I don't care what the official record says. We scored on the power play four times. Do you hear what I'm saying? We scored on the power play four times. Yes, Kakanimi scored like a second after a power play expired. I don't care. That counts. Okay? That counts here. I'm not at the official NHL record. That counts here. Um, but they scored four times on the power play. I don't know where the Carolina Hurricanes are right now, but that was not them playing inside of PNC Arena. This team does not score that many power play goals. Kaganyemi was asked about the power play goals in postgame, which makes a lot of sense because, again, this team that I literally, I was on an episode of Sorgecast, of the Sorgecast, excuse me, it's going to come out today. You should go listen. It's three hours long. Not my point. Um... And on that episode, I compared the Hurricanes power play to the flaming pile of tires from The Simpsons. I called it garbage. Terrible. The absolute worst thing to happen to the Hurricanes since, I don't know, pick a name. And the Hurricanes decided, actually, Colin, uh, we are a professional hockey team. But that's not my point. Let's listen to what Kakanyemi had to say. 
And I apologize in advance. I have no idea who this reporter is. Yeah, that was nice. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think of all the power play goals out there? I mean, it's something that you guys collect sometimes. Uh, yeah, I think that's a pretty big part of the game for, for sure, like days like this. So uh, uh, we've been struggling all year. So it's good to get that that going going now, and uh, we have a lot of meetings. Last two days about that and uh, try to get that better and uh, work, work tonight. So uh, we can keep that going. By we've had a few meetings the past few weeks. They have had multiple meetings through the entire season. It has been a top priority of their head coach, um, who by the way runs the power play. Jeff Daniels does not. I I, I understand traditionally that would be in Jeff Daniels' job description, but our head coach is Rod Brindamore and he runs his own power play. Uh, I love the idea that he is so nonchalant about it you know and and uh, we had some meetings and it worked out tonight obviously hopefully we keep it going you can just say hey man like yeah it's gonna happen sometimes you're gonna ring three power play goals when you probably shouldn't like we're not going to the power play but whatever <laughs> I, I i respect it from there i want to go to the man of the hour the one and only father finn auntie Ranta. It's we'll we'll get into a little bit of this later, but it's insane how much flack Auntie Ranta gets every time he gets a start. And it was true even when Freddie was healthy. If Auntie got a start, everyone would lose their minds. But why? 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 First of all, it's not the early two thousands and nineties, and goalies shouldn't play sixty goals, uh, sixty goals, sixty games a season. That's absurd, especially in the case of Ranta and Anderson, who are both, I don't want to say tissue paper-like, but, you know, boss of wood. It's, it's, they, they, they do not stay healthy wrong. I will say, uh, credit to Ranta, he powers through his injuries, and not to besmirch Anderson, it's just, Ranta really does play through his injuries. But, so he posts a shutout against Chicago, and all of his detractors, well, it was Chicago. Of course he shut them out. Oh, he's still not good. And then he gets the start again against Florida, and a lot of people are speculating that means that Kochekov is injured badly, and that's stupid. Don't do that. Um, <laughs> never speculate about anything like that because you have no idea. And from what I've heard, it's that they are fine giving Kochekov this time. Ranta is playing well. And honestly, they're interested to see how Kochekov plays when he's been on the shelf for a week. You know, it's, that's not, not every goalie is great at that. And when you have the ability to test it, you have another goalie that's playing well. Why not? Why not see how it goes? But Ranta gets the start tonight. He gets the second shutout of the year. And, you know, he had some great post-game quotes. Um, I didn't realize this is the second time he's gone back-to-back shutouts in his NHL career. I don't know how often that's happened. I'm sure it's incredibly rare. And I don't. It, you know what? Let me not set it up. Just here you go. You've had shutouts in back-to-back games now for a second time. Do you remember the first time in your career? Yeah, it was uh, first first game back in Chicago. Won the won the game one nothing in OT. Nick Holden scored the goal, and then. Uh, Went back to New York and played against the Devils. They actually scored in probably in the first minute, but uh, that goal was disallowed. And and then after that, we got 
probably three or four nothing win in that game. So uh, yeah, that was that was special time. By the way, I very much enjoy the uh, Iron Man by Black Sabbath playing in the background. Just a nice little touch. Um, also, this fourth question that you just heard and the second one you're about to hear were both asked by Walter Ruff. Well, congratulations. How'd you feel tonight? Uh, pretty good. You know, I, I think, you know, we were able to carry carry over a little bit something from the from the last game in against Chicago. And, and you know, you, you get that confidence going and, and you go into practice and you, you're dialed in in, in, the, in the things what you want to want to work on and and you know when the game started today you, you kind of you just felt like you're you're in there you know even though there wasn't not many shots in the first period but you were able to to get into the into the game nicely and you know second period was a little bit a little bit more busier but uh you know guys were guys were playing great defense and you know i was able to see the shots and and make the first saves and then guys were taking taking care of the, the rebounds so you know that was that was pretty much how, how it felt today. Is it just me, or does Auntie Ranta get ran into more than any other NH active, I should specify, active NHL goalie? It seems like at least once a game, he gets full throttled into the back of his net by an opposing player. I would be salty, to be 100% honest. Um, Bordor used to complain about this all the time. He said that plays were too physical in front of his crease, and he would be upset about it. And Ronti is never Ronti. Wow, that's a com- combination of Ronta and Auntie, but his name is not that. Um, but Auntie has never complained about it, at least not that I've heard or seen. And he was asked about it tonight, and I felt like his answer was not only very diplomatic, but the words of a true veteran in this league. Moving forward, this is going to be a team you kind of roll your eyes at, seeing come up on the schedule. Tonight you got hit twice. <laughs> Last year you got ran into again, same thing. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. Uh, you know, I, I think it's just, you know, you know, they're they're playing fast game and, and, and like that. And, you know, obviously last year when, when that hit happened, you know, I think that was more about, you know, me playing a little bit too aggressive, like going there and, and try to play the puck and, you know, when when the players are, are skating fast, you know it's it's really tough to to stop and you know no hard feelings again against uh, against uh, him back back in last year and you know I think it was just a hockey play and, and that that kind of things happens so you know same thing today you know Ekblad had the had the puck and he lost his edge and, and you know somebody maybe tripped him or something and you know it, it's just something that happens and you know you just get used to it you know when you when you play this game so you know that something might happen but obviously you try to not to get hurt in, in those situations accidents happen it's should be expected auntie auntie that uh, no man my man my man father Fen, you need to complain so much more man. <laughs> like these people are skating into you at like 30 miles an hour and while you do have very heavy pads on you do not have protection for a grown man weighing anywhere from 190 pounds plus to skate into you at full force at 20 miles an hour. But whatever. I thought it was great. I thought you guys should hear it. Um, We'll close with a couple more stats from recent play, and then we'll get out of here. Uh, The first one comes from us thanks to Kane Stats on Twitter. If you don't follow them, you should. The Canes went 19 years without having a goalie get back-to-back shutouts. And now they've done it twice with two different goalies in just two weeks. That's insane. 
just absolutely insane. But it actually gets a little bit crazier. And this comes from the official NHL stats page. The Hurricanes became the fifth team in NHL history to register at least four shutouts during a win streak of 10-plus games, joining the 1926-27 Canadians, the 1972-73 Rangers, and the 2012-2013 Penguins, and finishing off with the 2018-2019 St. Louis Blues. The only one of those teams to have more shutouts in that span was the 27 Canadians, and, you know, it was almost 100 years ago. So I don't care about them. We were the greatest of all time. <laughs> and I don't know, guys. This, if you can't have fun with this past month, I don't understand why you follow sports. going to be 100% honest with you. And I lied. I do have one last thing I wanted to talk about before we leave. And it's regarding, uh, I don't know how to phrase this. It's regarding Kane's Twitter and specifically Walt Ruff. So if you're not a member of Kane's Twitter, congratulations. You're probably a mentally healthy person. Uh, but if you are, you may have seen that Walt Ruff has taken a lot of flack for, uh, I, I mean, I don't even want to say it because it's just stupid. Um, apparently, Walt is condescending. It's 100% not true, and I disagree. But some people have taken it that way. And it all stems from uh, jokes between Walt and another fan. And someone else, a third party, decided to get their feelings upset about it. And then a couple days passed. Well, Twitter blows up around that, actually. And a ton of people are like, yeah, Walt's doing his job here. You should shut up. And that's whatever. And then several days later, a fan asks a question uh, to Walt that was like, hey, why is Ranta starting? And uh, Walt was like, hey, uh, he just had a 23 save shutout. Uh, I'm not going to ask Rod Brindamore why he's starting a goalie who just posted a shutout. And two things here. First of all, he's absolutely right that he should not be asking the head coach that question. That is an idiotic question to be asking a head coach. And I honestly think he would be laughed at. If not, Rod Brindamore is a prickly dude. Um, he's not a prick, excuse me, but prickly. Prickly? I don't, however you would say that. He, he is a former hockey player of 20 years. So you're not going to go to Rod Brindamore and be like, hey, why does this goalie you trust deserve this spot? Explain this to me now. That's not how this works. And I think the best example of it is actually something I brought up earlier. When Rod will tell members of the media, hey, don't ask me that question because I don't have an answer for you. That's a waste of time. I don't want to answer that. Like, It's not even Rod trying to be rude. It's just there's no value in it because his answer is going to be because he's a good goalie and, you know, whatever. And Walt Ruff responds with, I will not be asking him that. He just posted a 24 save shutout. And then the very same person decides to make this a big deal. Um... And honestly, it's stupid. Like, I, I don't want to go on this for a long time, but it's stupid. Uh, Walt's allowed to have a personality. In fact, most people would prefer that he does. He is a member of the media. He is not a computer. And even if you disagree with what he does, your complaints should not then be in the public square or of, uh, how do I say this, kindly, politically, 
it feels more like you're trying to seek attention through this than actually try to defend or correct a incorrect behavior you think you're witnessing. That's what this feels like. It doesn't feel like you're trying to protect your fellow fans. It doesn't even feel like you're trying to give Walt constructive criticism about how he interacts with fans. It legitimately only feels like you're trying to get attention through Walt. And that's stupid. But anyways, that's where we'll end it. As always, thank you for listening to Home Ice Advantage. You can follow me on Twitter at Colin Home Ice. Please share the show, rate it on wherever you're listening to it. it helps out a lot, like a lot, a lot, like a, a, a ton more than you will ever be able to quantify. That's inherently untrue, but you should still share it. Um, if you haven't already, go back and listen to the Shock of the Rock episode. I put a lot of work into it. It's pretty good. Uh, or my conversation with Mike Maniscalco. If you missed that, it's quickly becoming almost downloaded episode. It's not quite there yet, but hey, you could be the one who puts it over the edge. Again, thank you so much for listening, and I will talk to you guys again on Wednesday. Go Canes. <laughs>